0: Up,
1: and we're live folks welcome to episode four
2: Yeah, uh,
1: really special so episode we today we are going man. to review the troy game we are going to talk about missouri and then something we've been really excited for uh, we got kelly in vegas uh super excited to have her on she'll be joining us later in the podcast to go over betting lines and such but gentlemen let's start off with uh what did you really take away from the troy game
3: you guys know the meme of and it's not really a meme, it's like an album cover, but like the DJ Khaled suffering from success. Like <laughs> I like I was like on edge the entire first half and I thought that we looked really bad at points of that game. And I look up and I'm like, oh sweet, we doubled up the score. Like I like we doubled up we or excuse me, the spread. We we doubled up the spread and I left the stadium like we didn't look that good. We just literally didn't play in the second quarter. Like, we just were like, yeah, we're just taking this quarter off and we won by 30. Like, I I feel pretty good about, like, in general, but we'll get into some of the stuff that, like I said, I've champagne problems. I got to nitpick a little bit. So,
1: really quick, I do want to say uh, of Troy, if you're going to look at this game and be like, we kind of struggled, Troy had the eighth. Uh, best defense in 2022, according to ESPN, uh, eighth best. They finished 20th in the final poll of last year, and in addition to that, they came in on a 13-game win streak. So this is a team that knows winning, and we whooped their ass. So if you guys, you know, people want to act like it was just it's just Troy, this was not just Troy. This was a very good football team, not power five level, but to play that way that we did in the second half showed a lot of adjustments from the coaching staff. And I really am impressed with the overall product that we got.
2: Going with what Caleb said on the suffering from success thing. And I said this last episode, sometimes, well, okay. So we've won the big 12 three times in the last 20 years. I don't think some of our fans know what to do with themselves because we're defending big 12 champs. Um, and so I think there's just like a wide range of expectations. Um, I still fully believe this team could go uh, like 11 and one um, in the regular season. Uh, you know, Texas obviously just had a pretty convincing win over Alabama. Now that's we, we can get into two questions of whether or not Alabama is who we think they are later. But um, Very, very good defensive performance. They had some receivers who had some unbelievable catches. I don't think that's really... um, I I wouldn't really hold those catches against our defense because those were just unbelievable catches. Uh, It went in the back of the end zone. That one on the sideline. Just uh, unreal receiver performance from Troy. Got to give him credit where credit's due. Speaking of Uh, receivers,
1: I do have to shout out Jacob Parrish. He had a hell of a game on the defensive side of the ball like I was sadly uh recovering from COVID and wasn't able to make it out there and the announcers by the I think it was like mid third quarter were like we are calling Jacob Parrish's name a lot he was an absolute menace uh against whatever receiver he was lining up against and I was super impressed with his performance in the day
3: he's locked down man he's uh He's just so quick. I mean, he, he it's really, really hard to beat him to begin with, but when he does get beat, he recovers so well. Um, he's going to be so good, man. He's just a sophomore, a true sophomore.
2: Here's another player that I think. So, obviously, big story of the weekend in terms of offense. Uh, Phillip Brooks, absolute, absolutely outstanding performance. Seven catches for 94 yards, one touchdown on that jet sweep, uh, the south end zone. Uh Caleb and I were right there to witness that. That was pretty nice. Um, Jaden Jackson, yet again, opening touchdown, only had four catches, but they were for 77 yards.
1: He's bro, uh, What?
2: Dude, he's good. Jaden Jackson I... is on him watch, bro. So, no, up. for sure.
0: There, for
1: there sure. is something to be said about uh, every season. There are two or three K-State players who just show up who you wouldn't expect. And last year it was more on defense. Mm -hmm. And you know, we also had oh shoot, I'm I'm blanking on his name. But there there were there were there's always players who arrive when the moment calls. And that is something that's been so big for Kansas State. And if Jaden Jackson wants to be that guy that shows up this year and balls out when no one was expecting him to, I'm on board.
2: He By looks all means,
1: out there. By all means, man, he looks great. Him, him. We we haven't even seen Keegan Johnson yet.
3: Yeah, that was something that I was gonna say too. Is post game when they talked to Jaden, he said that, um, you know, I'm just trying to do my job and fill in for you know Keegan. Keegan's our go to guy, and I'm just trying to basically hold it down for him while he he gets right with his injury and just. Um, for him to still have that perspective after the two monster games that he's had. And he's, it's not like it's like he's made some difficult catches and some big time catches when we needed him to come up big. I mean, I, I think about that. I believe it was like a third and 16 where he caught that post over the middle and took a little bit of a shot. And uh, just, you know, I mean that, that throttle from will uh, on that deep, I don't want to say it was another post, but Uh, over double coverage, um, and right into his bread basket. I mean, he's he's had some big time catches. He's a home run hitter, and I didn't really expect him to be anything more than like a rotational piece. You know, I thought that he'd play a little bit, but um, I think that this opens the door to maybe some four wide receiver sets when Keegan gets healthy, which is which is exciting. Please
1: God, I mean, we have an absolute stud for a quarterback right now.
3: Will Howard is tied for first right now as far as uh, FBS leaders and points responsible for per game. He's responsible for 27 points per game right now. I mean, he's he's lighting it up. He's got a lot of weapons. He's not afraid to let it fly, and uh, can't say enough good things about the kid.
1: I know we pulled him in the in the second half of the SEMO game, but his he actually had a overall extreme performance boost between the two games. Uh, 15.5 increase in QBR. Uh, that, that's something that like, you can't hide behind stats.
2: I, you know, another kid I want to give credit for, I don't want to depart too much from the point, but another kid that I really want to give credit to is Will Lee. Will Lee is second on the team this weekend in total tackles.
1: Will Lee, I, I, we were lucky enough to talk to him before the season and shit, I've been following him since, um, he committed to Oregon state before he came to us. And, uh, I'll never forget a Oregon state fan was like, why are we scared about losing a no star cornerback to Kansas state? And he put that as his header for like a few months. Kids, a dog, kids, a dog. And, um, in that dog mentality does not end with Will Lee. Khalid Duke, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to mm. your breakout season, two sacks, three tackles for losses, homeboys fishing in the backfield. Were you seeing those celebrations? He's pulling yep. the DJ Giddens. He's out there. there right?
3: I just want to pat us on the back real quick because we both said that he's going to have a big year. And I got a lot of pushback on Twitter because I said, he's going to have more sacks than Felix did last year. Cause he's not going to be getting doubled. And he is well on his way to that right now. He is phenomenal. His technique is incredible. There is a lot
1: to be said about a star D end and when a team make adjustments for it, like I'll, I'll never forget. Um, I know this is a weird comparison, but hear me out. Kevin Durant was like, why he was asked, why are not you drop in like 70, 80 points a game? It's like, cause the opponent makes adjustments. I go out, I hit a corner three. I do a move. They're going to adjust for it. Felix and his senior season or his last season teams were making adjustments because it's Felix. He's a first round pick. You know, like when a new DN steps in, we all knew he was going to have a breakout season, but like there isn't anywhere near as much film and study on Duke as there was Felix.
3: I really like the, the, the pass rush kind of sets that we're going to, or I don't know if you would call it a set, but more like personnel where
2: Tobio Mm -hmm.
3: is coming in and playing that Sam. And then Javon banks is coming in at the nose is more of like a pass rush oriented nose tackle with Khalid. And then either, uh, uh Brendan Mott or Nate Matlock on the other side but just that that front four on those passing downs are just and I granted again we have to keep saying that that it's you know it's two games in against two opponents we should beat, but Mm -hmm. man we look like we're getting after it in the in pass rush downs
2: my take Khalid Duke career trajectory of Ryan Mueller Mm. Ryan Mueller came out of nowhere, mm. brother.
1: I like, yeah, that's a good. Ryan point.
2: Mueller had a season with two sacks, and the next season he had eleven and a half.
3: <laughs> that's uh, that's a fantastic callback, Adam, because Ryan played a little bit on that twenty twelve championship team, just a little bit. That was the year that he had the two sacks, and uh, I don't think anyone expected him to to be the player that he ended up being. So I think that's actually a, it's a very uh, apt uh, callback there, Adam.
1: Switching gears a little bit here, guys. Um, I know it's nowhere near as fun to talk about, but nitpicks, uh, I'm going to lead off with the offensive line. And I know that is our biggest strength going into the season, uh, but it really seems like the right side of that line is missing Duffy more than anything.
3: Whenever we finally decide that the right side of the line sucks and put Cooper Beebe over at right tackle and then play Hads and TP at the guards, um, the offensive line looks really good. And if we don't start with beebs on the right in Columbia, we're so unserious because that shit's going to get Will Hurt. He's He's going to get hit because we're – playing a guy just because he was listed there on the depth chart behind Duff. And it's it's so dumb. Just just play BB over there. Our offensive line has looked worlds better in the second half when we just move Beebs over there.
2: He, he was hacker.
3: the he was the number one rated right tackle for like like PFF does their like their PFF does their uh, their team of the week you know their highest graded mm-hmm. lineman uh, or not lineman but the whole team I should say but the right tackle last week the highest graded right tackle per PFF last week was Cooper Beebe the the best right tackle in the nation last week was a left guard. <laughs> he is he is just there's i don't care what anyone says what he is doing is unprecedented cuz there're swing guys that can play guard can play tackle but usually they're both on the left side of the ball or both on the right side of the ball so they don't have to switch their feet mm-hmm. and usually they're really really great at one position like genuinely great and serviceable at another but he, I legitimately think that he could be an All-American at all five spots on the offensive line. I really do. Yep.
2: You know, I'm going to... I will agree with the nitpick on Will making some questionable passes. However, I'm going to play devil's advocate. I think he is either consciously or subconsciously aware that the offensive line is not at its full health, and we're playing Coop in places that he usually doesn't play. Now, granted, we've said he is... Very good. Uh, no matter what position he plays, but I have a feeling that um, Will was a little bit anxious on some of those uh, longer, drawn out plays before he gets gets rid of the ball. Let
1: let yeah. him get that out now in the season.
3: Yeah, um, for sure. I, I I it's not the end of the world to throw some bad picks against Troy, and I don't even I don't blame the Semo one on him at all. Like he got hit, so I don't really blame that one on him. The Troy one was stupid, which he's he said as much after the game, but no, you're totally right, Eric. I mean yeah, get get it out of his system and I, I think that he'll take better care of the football going forward. Cause he when you know he's such like a uh engaging and like he's he's very, you know, smiley and happy and and good with the press after games, especially ones that we win, obviously. But um when I watched his post game on Uh, I think I watched it on Sunday actually, but you know, he's joking, laughing with the press, having a good time. And then someone asked him about the pick and his demeanor and voice just immediately changed to, I am so pissed off at myself for throwing that football. So he knows he's going to get it figured out. I'm not tripping about it. Folks.
1: (laughs) Y'all smell that? That's right. It's time for everyone's favorite segment. Stinky sightings. Ladies and gentlemen, it got stinky this weekend.
2: Let's go, dude. I have to I, lead off with the entire
1: state of Iowa was so goddamn stinky this weekend.
2: And you know what? We fucking called it. We called it last week. I said that is going to reek, and it reeked.
3: It it stunk to high hell. Caleb? I just... <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel dumb for betting on Iowa State. Um, I, I learned a valuable lesson and that's to never trust Iowa State in a game that's that they consider big. I mean, it's a horrible football game and probably will be as long as Kirk Ferentz and Matt Campbell are employed. But, um, yeah, learn a valuable lesson. Don't bet on Iowa State.
1: I'm going to have to say that besides that, uh, Houston – uh, kind of wish we didn't add them to the Big 12 at the moment. Yeah, more like <laughs> P. Houston.
2: God, uh, I got
1: him. <laughs> Fucking got him there. <laughs> it was terrible, but it was, that was such a bad game, that's, dude. That's
2: cool. genuinely bad. And then you know what? You know who else we've got? We've got uh, uh, Baylor, also known as uh, P.U. as well. Um also. Dude, they're so, they're so, so bad, bad, dude. But. And <laughs> it, it, it's these.
1: honestly, it's mind-boggling too. Because you would have thought, two, like, what was it three? Was it three years ago now? That when no, it was two years was, ago. Two, my bad. Yeah, two. Good God, um, you would have thought Baylor's trajectory was insane. I mean, a New Year's Six bull win. And I remember, Caleb, you and I were talking about it. We're like, uh, last season, um, we were scared that after the season we just had, we were going to pull a Baylor this year and be stinky like they were. Um, But thank God we haven't so far, knock on wood. But what a weird turn, right? Like I, I mean, it seemed like they had the recipe for success there.
3: I want to give them some credit for hanging close with Utah because you everyone knows how I feel about Utah, but they are a great football team. So I do want to give them a little bit of credit there. But um, the, the residual stench from losing to Texas <laughs> State at home in a bye game is just
1: – It's stuck with them.
3: <laughs> and you know what's so crazy is in that t- – so like I remember us talking about it. Like after that 2021 team that won the Big 12 and won the Sugar Bowl, Blake Shapin is a freshman. You're, you're returning a freshman quarterback that just won the Big Twelve in the Sugar Bowl. And you're thinking, This I mean, we're all like, this team's gonna run the Big Twelve. Like this like the the new the news that already came out that, you know, OU and uh and Texas were leaving were like they are going to be the team to beat. And at this rate, I don't know if Dave Aranda's gonna have a job this time next year.
2: I was about to say, is Dave Aranda not him? I don't think he's that guy. And I don't want to bury the lead here, but uh, Dave Aranda used to coach at Houston.
3: <laughs> well, maybe that's I, I want to
1: say in general right now, especially with these graphic that the Big 12 is tweeting out, I'm just really upset at the performance from teams not Texas or Oklahoma or obviously Kansas State, the only non-Texas or Oklahoma team ranked. It's just it's depressing to not have anyone else performing at a high level right now besides k-state in those two schools they there i mean there are there's above average teams but like there's tcu is looks like shit and i i just i really this was a big year for the big 12 yeah and it's not a good start at all dude
3: This is a a really, really bad year for, like, the whole, the entire Big 12 should be cheering for us so hard to get to Arlington and at least make it respectable because it looks like there's a really good chance of that game at the end of the year in December and Jerry World is going to be Texas and OU. Like, I think K-State has a great chance to get there. And then after those three teams, I think there's a drop-off.
1: Stinky <laughs> sighting on Alabama's quarterback.
3: Yeah.
2: Oh, Jaden Milroe
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, that guy smells. Um, He is a wide receiver playing quarterback. You, is- know
3: you know what's so crazy about it is like does Al- Alabama had like that three-way uh, quarterback competition? Does Nick Saban legitimately not have one of those other two guys to put in the game? I mean, he
1: must have dazzled them at camp or something because they, I mean, they have five stars out the ass. There is no way that there isn't some kid they could have just been like.
3: Well, because they had, so this kid, the Milrow kid, and then Ty Simpson were like in a quarterback competition. Like two kids that they got out of high school. And then Tyler Buckner, the, the kid from Notre Dame last year. After spring ball, like they got done with the spring game, and then this kid transferred down in the summer. So then they can, comp- those three competed all of fall camp, and he ended up going with Milro instead of the kid who transferred from Notre Dame. So you're like, yeah, they have no idea who they like at quarterback. And I'm not, I'm not, like, I, I just got done saying I think that Texas is legit, but like, this is not, uh, I don't think this is the same Alabama, and I say that like this, like Alabama's still going to be like nine and three, ten and two, you know. But they're—it's not the same.
2: I so wish we had the head-to-head against OU instead of Texas this regular season, man.
3: Dude, you're telling me.
1: You're telling me. All right, boys. I think that covers all the stinkers of the week. Let's go ahead and get Kelly on. Talk with her about betting and shoot the shit. Mm-hmm. All right. She needs no introduction. The Kansas State ambassador to the gambling world. Thanks for joining us, Kelly.
0: Yeah, absolutely, guys. Go Cats.
1: Absolutely. Go Cats. Go Cats. So we're bringing on Kelly to talk the Missouri preview as well as go over uh, the spreads and picks for the Big 12 in the upcoming week. Uh, Opening for, I, I saw the line was moving a lot, Kelly. You said that you saw it. With minus six, minus five and a half, and minus five, and now you even said four and a half today, uh, so the line is dropping pretty hard?
0: Yeah, that's interesting, right? Because I made this game six and a half like uh, mid-August. I remember arguing with some Mizzou fan, of course, on Twitter, and they said I lost my mind. And then last week, everybody's like, it's going to be a pick em. I'm like... It's going to be three, three and a half. And then K State just absolutely rolled Troy, which a lot of people thought we were in an upset situation. We are 16 and a half point favorites in that game. That one closed 14 and a half. So, just a little bit of uh, gambling tidbit there for you guys. Usually, when all of the bets are on one side, like they were with K State, and the line starts to drop in your favor, it's a really bad sign. Uh, but that's what happened versus Southeast Missouri. That's what happened last week versus Troy. And that's what's happening this week versus Mizzou. Now, I will say this. Historically, K-State has always been mistreated by bookmakers, if you will, uh, undervalued. Ah, man, I don't have a lot of complaints. There, uh, I had a complaint about Will's interception last week. A couple of interesting, uh, you know, maybe tackles missed. That one-handed catch in the back of the end zone was frustrating. But outside <laughs> of that, I thought K-State looked pretty good. Against a Troy team who was expected to win the Sun Belt, who probably should win nine games this year? I was overall pretty impressed with K State, and I think the bookmakers were too, which is why they opened this line six. Got bet up really quick. I told my da- uh, buddy Dan this morning. He's like, "Oh, it's gonna hit seven. I was like, "No, it's not. Everybody's gonna bet K State. That is, you know, an average Joe, and all the pros are gonna think they're too sharp, just like they were last week on Nebraska. They're gonna bet Mizzou. It's like I, I'm not sure I'm gonna get involved in this game as far as the spread goes. Mizzou's not one of those teams that I thought was going to be that great to start the season right return eight guys on the defensive side of the ball i thought okay maybe they might be a little bit improved bottom line they have a bonehead coach if you have a bonehead
2: <laughs> my money
0: on you if you make bad coaching decisions on a regular basis it's it's really tough for me to back you
1: they're 0-2 versus the spread in their first two games while k-state's 2-0 so well, that's K-State what happens when you,
0: when you struggle with Middle Tennessee State as massive favorites.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, were... Speaking of their production against Middle Tennessee State, their star quarterback, uh, rocking the sixty three point eight QBR. Uh, just, they're. I mean, K State and Missouri both are around the same strength of schedule through two games, and when you start comparing their rankings in total offense and total defense. Uh, total defense, K-State being 7th, Missouri 32nd. But where you really start to see the difference is K-State is 19th in total offense and Missouri is 73rd. And okay,
0: I'm not going to disagree with you. On paper, K-State should roll. Yes. But as a K-State fan, I'm going to tell you guys, I'm a lot harder on this team than any other team that I'm willing to put my hard-earned money on. And that's just because they are my team. I, I want to make sure that there's no emotion tied to my wagers. And Hard to do. when you're a fan of a team, makes it a little difficult.
2: Absolutely. That's why I'm a fan of the emotional hedge. But
0: I don't hate that. I know plenty of people that do that successfully.
1: If you were to do um any specific line, four and a half, five and a half, or six, or even seven, what would what would you take at K-State?
0: Ooh, This is where it gets a little difficult, right? I like to look at scheduling and see kind of where everybody's at as far as where they're playing for week three, right? So K-State's just off uh, a Troy beatdown, right? They've got Mizzou, and then who do they have on deck? They've got UCF. Now, I would have said maybe at a point in time uh, before the John Rice Plumlee news that maybe K-State might have been like, okay, we're opening Big 12 play really tough here. I also kind of thought that maybe Troy was going to be a flat spot for K-State coming into this Missouri game. So I always like to look at scheduling depending on who the teams are. And who they have next, right? But I will say, climate historically against game of no, not non-power five schools has been terrible. But versus power five schools, he's five and zero oh against the spread in non-conference. So he has been very impressive in these spots, including last year the game that I got to go to in Manhattan versus Mizzou. They did not falter. They did not take their foot off the gas. So you guys have to remember, I'm significantly older than you. I have an immense amount of heartbreak and angst towards Kansas State football because I can't tell you how many times Bill Snyder took his foot off the gas and we lost a football game, most notably 1998, my birthday party in St. Louis. Yeah, it was my birthday and uh, my aunt got me and my mom uh, front row tickets. And we were happen to be sitting in that end zone, uh, and that was not a touchdown. I'll still stand by that to the day I die. And I know because I was sober, because I was a child. But you know, in all, in all, rea- all reality, uh, I like that Kleiman and uh, well, even Colin Klein, for that matter, have really ramped up this offense, and they don't leave any doubt. Right. So we're starting to see with college coaches a shift, and we have for about the last decade. And where coaches. We'll call it sportsmanship, right? So we saw it with Mike Norvell against LSU. He didn't need to punch that in. He just needed to take knees and end the game. That was like a straight FU touchdown. That was like a, here you go, double middle fingers to you on the sideline, Brian Kelly. And while I hated it because I had the under, I had to somewhat respect it because that's what Bill Snyder would have done. Bill Snyder would have taken knees, right? Like you look at that, okay, the Oregon Ducks should have absolutely, after that, Instead of it being a pick six, they should have just picked it, kneeled out the ball, game over. But they don't. This is a new era of football where you step on their throats and you keep going. There was a point in time last week where I was like, uh, why is Will Howard still in this game? <laughs> like, can we get Will out of this game, please?
3: I, okay. So I tweeted that, Kelly. I was like, it, it, the, I think it was 35 13 and Will scored that last touchdown on a sneak, correct? But I was like, he comes out of the game like he's celebrating with everyone. And he's walking off with a slight limp. And I'm like, what are we doing? Are we trying to blow our entire season on a QB sneak up three touchdowns against Troy? What are we doing?
0: (laughs) It is kind of frustrating when you see it. I mean, look, last night the Giants did it with Daniel Jones. Like, get him out of that. You just pay the guy like a a multi-million dollar contract and you're down 40 points and are you trying to get him killed? I kind of have a feeling where sometimes there's something's got to give in between, between the Bill Snyder area and in between. Uh, where it just doesn't make sense to do that. But I love that Coach Kleiman leaves no doubt. So long story short to your answer, the only way I could look in this game would be to back K-State.
1: I absolutely agree. I think we're going to roll them. Um, But one thing that I did want to touch on is you mentioned a heartbreaking story. I I raise you one this. In 2012, my grandfather was coaching for Baylor, And I was at that game. And I don't think a woman could ever hurt me the way that Kansas State did that day.
0: I do joke. That's why I have a black heart, is because K State broke it far before (laughs) I came in today. But yeah, that was very expensive for me. I had K State 40 to 1 to win the national championship. And while we would have absolutely got steamrolled by Alabama, I would have had to take out like a second mortgage on my house to hedge that bet. Um, and I probably would have done so because I knew we were going to, but instead Notre Dame got to get embarrassed on a national stage. That was the second worst game ever. And of course, I was already on social media then. I was working at a nightclub and I was just I didn't even go to work that night. I was like so sick. I was like, I could text my boss and he's like, Are you okay? And I was like, No, I can't face it. I could not go. And I went to this like little local bar in Vegas by myself and I just sat there I was like ripping shots and people were like, Are you good, bro? And I was like, No, no I'm not good. Like but I just need to like be left alone. I need to not look at my phone. Cause like you get the, the ha 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 ha. You get the sympathy <sighs> text. You get the, all of it. And you're just like, I hate all of you. How about everybody just leaves me alone?
3: The sympathy texts are arguably just as bad as like the people that are laughing at you. Like, I don't want to talk right now, dude. I, I yeah. sent a bunch of sympathies texts to Nebraska fans
1: and I meant it as a middle finger. Like oh
0: boy. <laughs> We're Nebraska fans, we should be nicer to them.
1: Oh, they yeah. suck, man. They really yeah, they do. they were terrible.
0: You guys yeah. don't even remember the big eight, okay? You weren't even alive then. You know how insufferable? I'm pretty sure I, like, kicked an eight-year-old in, the, in Lincoln one time. Like, <laughs> I was like, we were at a tailgate, and he was, like, messing with me, and I just, like, kicked my leg out. I'm like, 15 or 16. My aunt's like, you can't kick the child. I'm like, we're the same size. <laughs> it's fine. Like, she's like, Kelly.
2: Kelly, That's I have so a – to... right. Sorry, go ahead,
3: Adam. No, go ahead.
2: I was just going to say, that's what's so tough about being a K-State fan is, of course, we've got the cardiac cats, you know, stereotype joke for a reason. But it's like, man, even like what you would consider a fairly insignificant loss. I was at a buddy's bachelor party down in Oklahoma. We were out on the golf course when the two lane game was happening. and You could probably look at my scorecard and see like a noticeable difference in how I was shooting as the game was going on, because it was just horrible.
0: I'm trying to think of where I was because I must I must have been at another game. Uh, cause I was traveling a lot for Barstool the last couple of years. I must have, been, cause I'd went to the Mizzou game and that was the game after the Mizzou game, right? The third game of the yes. season. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I remember like refreshing the score and just being like, these fucking assholes. And like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm like, so not even phased by things like that anymore. Like I, I, I mean, North Dakota state fans wanted to literally murder me uh, when we were 21 and a half point favorites and we lost outright to them. Like I just. It's, it's oh. just gotten so bad. You just I forgot caring. about
3: that game. Yeah.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. You did? Because I sure didn't. <laughs> I laid it all on the line. I laid it all on the line and was, uh, got completely obliterated for it.
3: That was the classic uh, Bill Snyder playing two quarterbacks stuff. Two
0: quarterbacks. Didn't keep their foot on the gas. I think we had a double-digit lead at one point in time. Just absolutely. And then, and then
3: I get on the internet and
1: everyone's like, oh, love Bill Snyder. He sent their quarterback a, a note.
0: I'm like, fuck.
1: Dude,
3: that okay, made so me gonna, so mad.
0: I'm going to say this. I love Bill Snyder. He is the reason why I'm probably in the position I'm in today. Wonderful man. I even took his class at K State. He does some leadership stuff. I got his book right behind me, as you guys can see. Again, I love Bill. But I do not miss him as our head football coach. So yeah, those two things do not have to be well said.
3: Couldn't agree more.
0: Like I bawled my eyes out when he retired when I was in college. I remember standing there and my best friend looked at me. And she goes, "Damn, dude, are you good?" I'm like, "But Bill." <laughs> I was like, "I I loved him." And then when we got stuck with Ron Prince, let me tell you how much I missed Bill. And then he came mm-hmm. back, and you you had to love him again. But there becomes a point in time. And we talk about this in in all sorts of leagues. We Actually, I talked about this today at Wager Talk with Ron Rivera. I'm like, has the game passed this man by? What's going on? And I think that's kind of what happened to Bill. And, you know, one of my uh, best friends, her dad was a coach at K-State. Now he's coaching in Germany. And she's coming um, down for one of the Eagles games. And she and I were talking and – I was like, hey, how's dad? You know? And she's like, oh, he's loving life. But like, whenever we get together, she's like, dude, what do you mean? I never saw my dad when we lived in Manhattan. Like, he lived at the football complex. Like uh-huh. the the stories of Bill eating Taco Bell as one meal a day were absolutely true. Him getting four hours of sleep. Like, I appreciate the dedication. And I was there for part of the like the upswing, right? Like in the early 90s, my aunt would take me to games. And, and you and you have to love that about him. Because he literally saved Manhattan Kansas. It wouldn't have been there for you guys to even go. Like Uh It would have just been some like dumpy school and we'd have been in, I don't know.
2: We wouldn't have a football team.
0: I don't even know if we would have a football team. In the
2: Missouri Valley Conference or something like that.
0: Yeah, or we'd be relegated to FCS. Who knows? And he really did do a lot for the town that I grew up in and the program that I love. But I do think it's okay to admit like, hey, he didn't get rid of coordinators fast enough. He didn't replace people with quality hires. He always hired within because he was such a loyal person. You know, if you ever owned a business, I can tell you, sometimes that works out for you, but other times it comes back to bite you. And it's not a fun place to be when you're a fan. And the grad assistant replaced the offensive line coach and is now the oc eight years later and he's never coached anywhere else and he has no other experience like I, I mean i remember screaming from the mountaintops if sean snyder got the head coaching job and i was like if that man does not go somewhere else and prove to me that he deserves this football program same thing with dana demo oh my god i teach yep. you guys about saying bad things on the internet about people like i was going after his head and even just after losing utep in, in week zero i was like God, I knew better than betting on Dana Demo. What was wrong with me? I've been chastising this man for a decade.
3: I remember, like, being in high school when Dana was the OC and, like, the, the Go emo guys were doing, like, the family fullback stuff. Oh, those where guys he love just, me. He, oh, really? Is that, a, is that not a serious – I feel like that was sarcasm. I couldn't tell, but
0: – It is.
3: Okay. But, well, anyway, I just remember, like – how fun like we had like I think it was the twenty sixteen team, we had like four running backs that averaged five yards a carry and then we'd get inside the ten yard line, he'd give his sonny boy the the ball and yeah, yeah, man. Um but no, I was gonna ask you, Kelly, so since you were kind of around for I guess you would probably agree that like ninety eight was the peak of Snyder's first tenor tenure and obviously twenty twelve is of the second tenure, and you said you know, you've seen enough. No, man. Two thousand
0: three was a lot of fun. Two thousand two, two thousand three was a lot of fun. I was in high school, unfortunately. Nineteen ninety six beating Nebraska. I remember my dad and I went to the game, and we sat in the south end zone of my aunt's like extra seats. And mm-hmm. I went to storm the field. I'm like, oh,
3: nice. I don't
0: know, like thirteen, I go to like storm <laughs> the field. And my dad's like, where are you going? And I'm like, I'm going to go on the field. He's like, no, you're not. And he's like, when you go to college, you can do whatever you want. And I'm like – and then I go to college, and I have Ron Prince as my head
2: coach. And <laughs> yeah, like, the this, the is, field for. this
0: is horseshit. I never got to storm the field one time. That's why when we beat KU – because even when, even when Frank Martin uh, was the K-State basketball coach, I didn't get to watch him beat KU because I had to work when we won in Lawrence. And so I never got to storm the court. And when we – when I was just there last uh, January, I was like, screw this. I'm going on the court. And, like, I got made fun of by a ton of people. And I didn't care. I was like, I were on I the court? to do that. Yeah.
1: yeah so was I. I yeah. You can see
0: me in my little lavender hoodie. Because I was, like, in the corner. And my aunt – like, my aunt has always had, like, the best seats. And I don't know what happened. But, like, now all of a sudden she's, like, in this weird little corner. And so the people hated me because they all sat the whole time. So, like, I stood up the whole game – in my purple hoodie, you can see me in all of the like free throws. I'm standing in the aisle, so I'm not blocking anybody. Nice. <laughs> and then when, uh, when we won, I was like, I'm, I'm absolutely rushing the court. I have no shame. Yeah,
2: here. that's, that's uh, something about my time. So I, I did band while I was at K-State. And so speaking on losses, of course, I was there for all the fun wins. I didn't get to storm the field after OU and sure. all that. Uh, but it also meant that I had to sit there in the stands and take it like a man. Every terrible loss every terrible loss every long game tcu like seven hour game in the rain 2017 sitting there yeah so you know i
3: just realized adam i've never asked you this adam were you in the band when we lost to fort Hay state
2: uh no so i was a sub i just the time commitment for like having tuesday night games and thursday night games and stuff i did not have to sit there and take that one like a man thank (laughs) god i sat at home and took it like a man instead uh,
0: I wanted to like Bruce Weber so much. I just could never get get to that. I just could not, could not bring myself to do it. And then of course, Coach Tang comes in and is just like so likable right away. Um, Adam, that's funny. My stepsister was in the band. And I would always feel really bad because I'd like be like crowd surfing next to her. And I'm like, hey, like you guys just like didn't get to have what I feel like is like the traditional like college. Yeah, I mean, maybe it sounds like an alcoholic but like you like you like keg stands and like you were sneaking in like flasks of like whatever peppermint schnapps or whatever the hell we drank back then because there was no fireball and you know all that kind of stuff i always felt bad for her that she was like you're right you were always you guys were always like the professionals you guys were like the good representation of k-state while the rest of us were completely other idiots you know
2: it it really wasn't that bad um because it was fun in its own right um i got to do a lot of fun things i got to go to all the bowl bowl games for free all that sort of stuff um you know speaking on bill snyder a little bit when he announced his like second final retirement we played a pet band for him that night and so that's been my twitter header for like three years now is a picture of the band playing for him right outside veneer so you know I, i got some fun experiences from it and I will say like probably the worst downside other than sitting through the losses was I, I did pub crawl band and we went to Coco Bolo's and I knew the bartender from high school and I turn around after playing the fight song before we're about to start Wabash and he's got a tequila shot laid out on the bar for me and I had to tell him, I'm sorry, I can't. I was like, this is terrible.
0: The band is awesome. I think you guys get a lot of flack that it's undeserved. Actually, when we went to the uh, K-State Stanford game, me and my girlfriend, I did not do my research, and we got stuck at like a really dumpy days in in Arlington because our <laughs> hotel room got given away. And I'm laying on this like rock hard bed. I didn't even take my clothes off because I was like, this room. I'm going to get murdered in this room. We're not even going to make it to the game. <laughs> and I swear, I had just closed my eyes. Like we went to bed at like 4 a.m. And I immediately started hearing the band and I go, Stacey, is that the band? <laughs> I'm like, am I like that delusionally tired? And she like rips open the curtains and you guys are like right, at, well, not you guys, but the band was right outside of, uh, of AT&T Stadium, like right outside of our crappy hotel. And I was like, ready to run through a brick wall for the game. Like, yep, you, guys are, you guys are great.
2: I was telling the guys I, I did alumni band this weekend and I had to be on the, I said I had to be on the field at 5.30 and they were like, on the field? I was like, yeah, we had to be up at 5.30 for rehearsal. So yeah, it was only so early mornings that. and
1: all that. I was there for 2018. The only reason we had to wake up early is because our... Pledge or pledge dad would make us wake up at like four in the morning and we'd have to do power hour until five. And power hour <laughs> was was like a shot every fifteen minutes and a beer every ten. And you are so goddamn obliterated
0: after that. It's not even real power hour. Like See, this is what happened. Your guys' generation took what we had at Kites and you just went complete DJ. Like,
3: okay, what's 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 real power hour then?
0: Okay, so what we had at Kites when I worked there in college, you got $2 pitchers of beer, right? And you yeah. got a cup and you got a shot glass. So ev- the DJ played 60 songs, one minute each, and you're supposed to be drinking your beer out of your pitcher. And then every minute you take a shot of beer. Oh so my you God. probably had like five or six beers in an hour.
1: Oh, nice. okay. Well, I mean, I guess Kites isn't trying to ruin you. our, our well, guys are Also, right
0: we got, we, the state of Kansas came in and shut us down and said we were encouraging binge drinking. <laughs> so we're not even going to do that anymore.
2: Welcome to call. You're damn right. That's the point.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, what else would we be doing on a Tuesday night?
1: As much as we could probably talk about binge drinking all night, Kelly, I do want to move on to get your opinion on the lines of the other Big 12 games uh, this week, starting off with the lesser Kansas team. Okay, used a 20-point or a 28-point favorite over Nevada this week. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I made this game 14 to start the season. Um, I was lower on Kansas probably than most of my counterparts. Uh, maybe I was too low on Kansas. Looking back, okay, Daniels looks pretty good. I didn't really give them that big of a credit over Illinois. If you guys saw week one, I was on Toledo. I thought Toledo was going to win that game outright for me. Unfortunately, they did not. Um, I think this line is more of a reflection on the public opinion of KU. And everybody knows. I mean, what's, we used to call it, when I lived in Vegas, we called this place Reno. Instead of the University of Nevada, we just called it Reno because it's University of Nevada, Las Vegas, University of Nevada, Reno. Um, and so this, this program is just, the fall from grace has been really, really bad. And it's sad to see. Uh, but look, you're going to go into a mountain town going to be feeling yourself pretty good 28 points is a lot a lot I'm not saying I want to rush and and take the wolf back here by any stretch of the imagination um but look KU is KU covered uh you know against Illinois but not against Missouri State they hadn't they didn't cover their last five games sorry I think it was four games last year um outside of Oklahoma State we'll see what this team's made of when they get to big 12 play like I said I'm not going to just blindly bet against them. They are improved. 28 points is a stretch. But if they went in there and won 35 to nothing, I would not be shocked. I mean, the Wolfpack have just been so bad. Let's see. Last week, they lost 33 to 6 to Idaho, right? Ouch. After they got boat raced by USC the week prior. This team does not appear to care. And those aren't teams that I really want to put my money on.
3: Kelly, I would just say that I I think uh, KU did cover in the Liberty Bowl. In fact, I know that they did because I had Arkansas minus two and a half. Uh, So you
0: are correct; they did. So I'm only looking at regular season. I apologize, my. Uh, this does not have my like spreadsheet. Does not have bowl games.
3: No, you're all good. I just I, you just brought up bad memories for me because I was talking so much shit to my KU buddies because Arkansas was just murdering them. And yeah, then but Arkansas
0: fans are just they're they're not fun. they're, yeah, not they're fun people when we played them in the Liberty Bowl, right? Or was yeah, bowl, something like that.
2: That's ironic because these days, like twenty percent of KC area students end up at Arkansas, which is ridiculous. But yeah.
0: Listen, it's going out of state. It's not expensive. Fayetteville is actually a really fun town. You know, I trust me, I tried to go everywhere but K-State, but I,
2: uh,
3: I did not. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa. We yeah, like, right like, here.
0: I grew, I, no, listen, I grew up in Manhattan. Like, it was oh, an extension yeah. of high school.
3: Yeah, right? that makes so, sense. So,
0: like, a lot of my friends went to Nebraska, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, KU. I definitely wasn't going to go to KU. I definitely wasn't going to go to Nebraska or another, you know, Big 12 school. But, like, I looked at Arizona State, and they said, uh, yeah, right.
1: My <laughs> like, dude, dude,
0: are you trying to die?
1: <laughs> Arizona State is nuts. I had a buddy from high school go there, and he would tell me about their parties. Holy shit. Yeah. Dude, they are nuts there. <laughs> what else do we have? So uh, let's just go online the line here. Uh, Oklahoma, 27 and a half favorite over Tulsa. What are you thinking?
0: Yeah, I looked at Oklahoma last week and thought, all right, let's see what this team's made of, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I took the plus 16 with SMU. It was 16 and a half when it opened. It didn't matter. They lost by 17. Was not very happy, uh, with SMU's defensive performance there in the fourth quarter. Brent Venables, I wanted him in Manhattan. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I really did. And now I'm very glad that that did not come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Tulsa has been kind of one of those sneaky underdogs, um, basically throughout my entire betting career where I'd like to take a shot with him here. But I'll be really honest with you guys, looking at this Tulsa team, I don't know enough about them. I can just tell you that historically, they were a great underdog, and that's really fallen off in the last year and a half. And that's because they don't finish football games, right? I need a team to play four quarters if I'm going to wager my money on them. Um, Just two and seven in their last nine games, it's just enough to keep me off this team. You guys will see, like when you see my tweets and stuff, I mainly follow Power 5 schools, uh, plus the Mountain West, um, just from years of living in Las Vegas. And then I also really like the AAC. Tulsa is just kind of one of those those one of those squads that I just don't know enough about. Looking at Oklahoma's schedule, though, you kind of have to wonder, like we talked about earlier, what, what, teams, what games do they have circled, right? And uh, I'm pulling this up really quick, but I wanted to see kind of where Oklahoma's at. They have Cincinnati on deck. I don't think it really matters to them. Just kind of a weird – away yeah. game, and I say that in quotations, for Oklahoma to play at Tulsa. But it shouldn't really matter. Oklahoma should be able to name the score. Are they going to? I
3: was just going to say, do you think Tulsa gets any of a bump, Kelly, for the fact that they're not going to have Art Bryles on the field after the game?
0: <laughs> oh, people get so mad about such ridiculous things. Somebody did tweet that. I think it was Caleb posted about like his uh, it, it was. Instagram header photo or something. <laughs> like, I mean,
1: Dude, he's doubling he, down on it.
0: I'm doubling down on it. I'm doubling down on it. Do you know how many people I know in Waco? Do you know how many sports writers I know that were like, Art Bryles fell on the sword? Listen, I'm going to say this, and, and I always, um, no matter what it is, whether it's politics, whether it's pop culture, no matter what it is, I always wait for, like, a lot of information to come out. You guys will notice that on Twitter. I'm not, like, quick. Like, I haven't commented on Mel Tucker. I've been talking to people behind the scenes um, that are close with him, and I'm kind of curious to see what happened. And I've got some details, but I always like to wait till things come out. I wasn't going to crucify Art Bryles. I texted my buddy, Waco grad, in the media, and he said, nope, Art's Art's going to take the sword here. And I was like, why would he do that? He's like, he just thinks it's the right thing to do. But if he really did something wrong, don't you think he would have been criminally charged?
1: The entire thing was just sad. Uh, yeah, but that was a rough go because Baylor was going to be good. That, that Baylor team, especially the offense, was... I mean, that was ahead of it. They had Bryce Petty, um, yeah. who went to Auburn and did well, but... Uh, so let's move on to a more fun one to bet on. Uh, Pick'em, Pitt and West Virginia rivalry game. Uh, shout out your rational. Uh, I'm sure he's going to have fun with this one. I'm I'm really excited for this game. I think West Virginia had a tough go to start the season, uh, but I I also just hate Pitt because I like West Virginia. So what do you think, Kelly?
0: Yeah, look, I'm still kicking myself for not taking uh, <laughs> taking. Cincinnati last week versus this team. It was on my long list. And then, of course, they go out there and they win outright at Pitt. This is a long-hated rivalry, right? Like, I would love for Pitt to come back to the Big 12 so that we can watch this game uh, every single year. And that's because it's just so much fun. Morgantown, great, great, great party town, great school. Tons of great fans. I have nothing bad to say about them. Um, the backyard brawl should be another great game, right? This game's a pick em for a reason. I made this game, pit minus one. It opened West Virginia minus one. It's bounced back and forth. I don't think that there really should be a favorite in this. I think this is a coin flip type game. I don't like Neil Brown for what it's worth. I don't think yeah. he's done a very good job at West Virginia. I think that probably part of the reason why he got to keep his job was because of all the Bob Huggins stuff in the offseason, and they don't want to have to start over with two new coaches. And Pat Doozy, who doesn't love the guy who kicks field goals on fourth and goal? I mean, come on. Wouldn't you want to bet your hard-earned money on that guy? Uh, so, no, I'm not going to be getting involved in this, uh, well, will call it coaching blunder. Uh, but I can't wait to sit back and watch and see what kind of just absolute insanity ensues.
1: Speaking of what you said over with a coaching blunder, Iowa State, Matt Campbell, um, really not looking like the, uh, the coach that everyone thought a few years ago when they were saying he was the what second coming of Snyder. Was that, it? I think I remember yep. saying that a few yep. Iowa State fans hmm. say that uh, they open or I don't know if they open, but currently I'm a, a, a two and a half favorite over Ohio. Um, just watching their games, man, just depressing, like not fun football to watch uh, it has shades in Nebraska where it's just an ugly game. Um, I, I, I don't know what to think of this team. I think Kansas State smashes them, but it's always Armageddon and you can never you can never think too far ahead, but what do you I mean, I know you probably aren't too like informed on Ohio, but what do you no, think about but the Iowa State? The team? good news
0: is is that some of the schools that I don't have a lot of intel on, I have guys that do. So I have some guys that follow the MAC really well. And mm-hmm. actually my buddy Brian texted me. He's like, "Hey, you should look at Ohio over FAU." This was last weekend. And I put him on my list and Fall in an FAU school that I don't know enough about, an Ohio school I don't know enough about, and I was like, you know, this is not a like a genuine play by me, right? Like I don't want to poach somebody else to play. Sure enough, Ohio wins. It's a five-point underdog. Uh, it's the FAU, and and it, like an absolute low-scoring snooze fest. Iowa State off that ugly loss to Iowa and another snooze fest. Ugly. I mean, just just bet the unders, right? Like just you just have that's it. That's all you gotta do. bet Iowa and Iowa State unders and get rich, right? Like it just seems <laughs> yep. so simple. yet I never do it. Um, I actually wanted
1: to ask you about uh, the the new with over unders and the new rules in college football. Have you noticed a betting trend or maybe like a difference? So week
0: zero, kind of like- yes. Uh, they all went under week zero. I think we're going to start to see some regression to the mean as bookmakers start to adjust. But yes, I think it was like 55% of the games have went under. So nothing significant, uh, just more so than that traditional usual 50-50 split. Um, Iowa State, I don't want to bet on this team, actually. I don't know. I don't think it's you guys. I think it's Joel and maybe Dean or some of the other K-State guys. I just I just started following a lot of you guys this year because I think some of the shit you guys post is funny. And I need some entertainment in the mix of all the nonsense on my timeline and uh they all go after brandon walker and so when (laughs) i when i got let go from barstool i have an app that tells me who follows me and unfollows me like maybe that's petty i don't know and i like look i'm like brandon walker unfollowed me like what did i ever do this guy met him like twice and my boyfriend goes yeah the first time you were on pick central with him you just fucking eviscerated him and i'm like I did. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, Kelly. He goes, you don't realize how emasculating you can be. And I'm like, I'm a nice girl from Kansas. I would never. And I went back and I watched the episode. And so I had just got done. I was leaving my interview with Erica and I got in there and I sat down and he was like, come on. He's like, it's win total Wednesday. Give me your best win total. And I'm like, uh, all right. And he's like, here, let me give, I was like, all right, I got one. Like, I'll give you, I'll give you, I've got three of them. I'll give you, I'll give you uh, Iowa state. And he's like, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'm on Iowa state too. And I was like, Oh, I'll go first. And I made this like giant case for under nine and a half wins. And he sat there and he just like threw his papers in the air. Like (laughs) I didn't know he was going to give out the over, but the reason why I gave out the under is because Matt Campbell was getting an awful lot of love. And you guys will notice that in everything that I do. I like to fade the narrative if the math matches up. Right. So like, Obviously, I would never cheer for Aaron Rodgers, who I absolutely adore, to get hurt tonight. But I did have the Jets' season win total under. And now everybody's like, texting me, like, congratulations. I'm like, everybody pump the brakes. It doesn't mean they're not going to win 10 games. They still have a really solid defense, great running game. But there's, like, certain things, and that was kind of that same thing. Like, Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets. He gets overblown. Every You know, hard knocks. Everybody loses their minds. It's basically what happened with Matt Campbell a couple of years ago. 2021, they were ready to, they were, everybody's picking them to win the Big 12. I'm like, you guys, I know Ames is a tough place to play in November, but like, calm down. Uh, the fall from Grace has been really bad, though. And that I didn't expect. Um, slight lean to Ohio here uh, as the home team. Iowa State, just, you know, with some of their off the uh, field issues with all the gambling, everything else, this has just not been a fun stretch for this team. Uh, blindly, maybe take a look at the under. I mean, like I said, both of these are historically very under teams. Um, I mean, yeah, the TCU game went over, but that's because TCU scored 62 on them last year.
3: How, how long do you think Matt Campbell's leash is right now?
0: You know, I don't really know a lot of Cyclone fans. I, mean,
3: I know quite a I few. A couple
0: guys, And so that's where I have to wonder, and not only for their fans, but like, they boosters. Those are the people that really matter. I mean, yeah. if you guys look at why Snyder got pushed out the first time from Tim Weiser, who I'll probably never forgive him for that, but, like, there was a lot of pressure on him. Like, Snyder didn't retire the first time. And a lot of times they let certain guys, like, ride off into the sunset. I don't know how much longer Matt Campbell really has.
1: Well, not a lot of coaches that Snyder treatment. I mean, I know he did kind of get pushed out, but, like, to be Bill Snyder, like, there will – I want to say this earlier, my my grandpa, when he coached with Snyder in 2000, um, I asked him because he's coached at like 20 different schools, uh, what was the hardest job? And he said, K-State, because of what Snyder would ask from his coordinators, yeah. because there, there wasn't like uh, an ADR work week for Snyder, it was ADR work week for everybody. Um, and that's honestly why I think he turned around K-State is because he gave a shit more than anyone else. Uh, you can't do what he did now.
2: We not said as much in Miracle in Manhattan, which I'm sure we've all watched 10,000 times. I can't remember who said it, but somebody said, you cannot do today what he did back then, maybe in terms of turnaround.
0: Why is that? Why do you think that is?
2: There's there's is a practice rule. Can I quote him? Because there's a
1: rule in the book. There's a rule in the doggone book that you can't watch tape this much or do this much practicing. He, he overworked them. To the point where, if it would be done today, it would be against NCAA regulations.
3: He basically yeah, said it's... he basically said that they were having like seventeen hour days of football, <laughs> like they did nothing. I'm telling football. you,
0: my best friend's dad was the offensive line coach there when we were in high school, and she literally said something about it because she went over to Germany to visit him, um, and she was like, "I," she goes, "My dad lives in Germany. I get to see him more now than I did when we were in high school."
2: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, That'd not awesome, yeah, one of the least.
0: Yeah. So I Go was ahead, just Adam. gonna
2: say one of the least surprising things I that I would hear about, and I've not heard this, but it wouldn't surprise me if I did hear it. I know that they did tons of two-a-days. It would not surprise me if they had a bad day of practice and coach said, Okay, we're gonna do three today, I guess.
1: Iowa State down. Let's let's move on to there's I mean, I'm gonna be honest. Kelly, I absolutely love to have you having you on this week, but this slate of game sucks. Like this. Oh my week, god, the entire week sucks.
0: Terrible. Next week is gorgeous. It's like a gorgeous slate oh, of games. We're, we're gonna have some really then. awesome top 25 matchups. But yeah, this week's slate sucks. I have a lot of work to still do um, on my end too, because it is only Monday. But yeah, there's not, I mean, I'm looking at some SEC matchups. I got Mississippi State Circle plus 10. Uh, I've got, ugh. Oh, Minnesota plus seven at, uh, North Carolina. That one's absolutely gross. I mean, those are like some of the better games on the board. Like I was going to try state. to keep
1: us to big 12 games, but like, I mean, it, there's really just not much to discuss with South Alabama at Oklahoma state, but the line minus seven, and a half, I guess that actually is one that I did want to talk about. No, we can talk about is, it
0: for sure. Cause Oklahoma seven state and a is half in, is complete and utter disarray. I mean, why my, is that? Uh, well, you have to ask Mike Gunby. I'm not sure what really started that progression. Um, I love South Alabama versus Tulane. Tulane uh, much better than I was giving them credit for. Obviously, we saw what Tulane did to K State last year. Uh, but South Alabama is on my long list as a possible upright ups. Excuse me, outright upset underdog, um, only because it's a play against Oklahoma State. If you watched that Oklahoma State Arizona State game last week, it was disgusting. The only reason why I watched it is because I could not sleep because I was so mad about Texas Tech. And my buddy's like, hey, stay up and grind uh, Arizona State with me. And I go, why would you bet on this game? And he's like, oh, you're going to lay three and a half with Oklahoma State after last week? And I go, yeah, probably. It's like kind of an overreaction to how poorly they played against Central Arkansas. They. They somehow covered that game, but the final score is not indicative of, of the actual game of play. South Alabama has been one of those teams that has been scrappy before as a, as a sizable underdog, particularly on the road. I haven't gotten there with them yet because they haven't covered in basically the last six, seven games they've been in. But this team has some offensive weapons. They have a little bit of firepower. I honestly would not be surprised to see them neck and neck with the Cowboys.
3: I uh did something really dumb this year at the start of the year, and I looked at Oklahoma State's schedule and saw that they played they played all four newcomers in the big twelve. The only big 12 team that they play in Texas is Houston. And I was like, my Gundy, they'll figure it out. Six and a half wins. That's oh. so low. I'm taking the over and i am absolutely terrified that they're not going to win 7 games. I don't think they will now. I mean, they look horrible.
0: They do look horrible, but you're right. They do have the one of the easiest Big 12 schedules. I don't know if they have the easiest. And of course, the notebook with all my You guys, I'm so funny. Working from home is so weird for me because it's like I've got this computer, I've got this setup. Like I've got to like move around throughout the day for cuz years of living in Vegas, I was like always On the move, Uh Um, but I would love to see my. I like to handwrite my notes still, so I have a notebook and I have like my Big Twelve preview. I'm trying to think of what I wrote in there um, as far as Oklahoma State and why I had zero desire. I I like Gundy a lot. Um, It's kind of sad to see him kind of fall from grace, but you know when your own son is your starting quarterback, that kind of tells you all you need to know.
1: Do you remember last year when we played him and he was like under center and his hands were shaking so much? Oh my god! That it was like when they subbed him at the end
3: of the game he, did, you, like, did you never see that, that kelly me.
0: i did not
3: so the, at, at the end of the game, game at the end of the game we were up i mean this was like i think it was 41 nothing or it might have been the final 48 nothing at this point point. and spencer sanders was like hobbled going into the game anyway so he was on the sideline and they put him in the game and the uh, i f- honestly feel bad for the kid cuz the camera like zoomed in on him like on his face as he's getting ready to take the snap, and then the camera goes down to his hands, and his oh. hands are just shaking like uncontrollably. Dude, before he and takes we're not snap. talking
1: like a little bit; like he is that's like full on Parkinson's. It was pretty sad.
0: Oh, I kind of feel <laughs> bad for him. I mean, that's probably going to be a tough place to be in. And actually, it's funny you say that because I was watching the uh, Southeast Missouri game with my dad, and uh, when they put in Avery, I like saw his like you know you can obviously see through the helmet. And I was like, oh boy. And it was like that first snap, you could tell he had like maybe like a little bit of a deer in the headlights look. And then he just took off on that run. And it w- after that, it was like, all right, I got this. Like he got rid of the jitters. But that was a definite fear of mine. Like, oh, boy, are we going to scar this, you know, 18-year-old kid by putting him the in in front of forty five thousand people? Okay, that's, that's what was so weird. And Caleb was saying that. So I think I even did it. I was like, how do you know that it wasn't going to be Jake?
3: Uh, <sighs> I basically just had this like hunch that um... – The only, well, okay. So actually how I knew this was the only time that Chris Kleiman has ever listed a true freshman as the backup on a depth chart besides Avery Johnson. Like I know he technically wasn't the backup, but like, or, you know, the only time he's ever done that is uh, Easton Stick when he was at North Dakota State and Easton Stick didn't redshirt his freshman year. He, he played in garbage time behind Wentz or whoever it was before him. So I was like, They wouldn't list him as an or on the backup, like they they plan on playing him at least some. But I was like, I just had this hunch and I was hoping that we would see him, honestly, because I'm just so excited to see him play. But yeah, Yeah,
0: I think he's going to be really exciting um, to watch over the next few years. But kind of had to wonder if maybe Jake wasn't like, what the, you know, Uh, well, I mean, it's
1: college ball, man, you can't.
0: It is, but you know, that's where I have to give Will a lot of credit, you guys. I mean, there was, I mean, Will was really touted coming in from Pittsburgh. Like we don't recruit kids from Pittsburgh at K-State, right? So here's this kid. And also we don't recruit four and five stars because we really don't give a shit. Like it's like, we find like these two and three stars, like diamonds in the rough and, and mold them into fitting our system. Right. And So here comes Will, and then he just kept not being who we needed him to be for years. And so now last year, you know, when Taylor Martinez came in, I'm like, oh, God, Will's going to transfer. Like, that's all I thought. Like, I was like, he's going to transfer, and I kind of don't blame him um, because that is the new, like, thing to do in college football. If you're not a starter, that's how we got Trayshawn Ward. Like, I'm very happy he didn't get to play at Florida State. Maybe maybe they won a national championship this year. Maybe that's a little overblown, but, like, they're good. But, like – it's nice. I'm happy that we got the beneficiary of it. And then getting on the same side is he's probably like, why are we bringing, Why are we transferring in this back? And now we're kind of running a two-back set, which is really nice. Trey Sean can throw the ball. I was excited to see that trick play in the first game.
3: It was a waste of a good trick play, though.
0: Okay, fair enough. Colin should have saved it for yeah. him. Now. But I think he <laughs> needed to know that they could implement it in a game-time scenario okay, before utilizing fair. it in the game.
3: No, you're right.
1: I, I was going to say that it seems like the, the thing that K-State has done so well compared to other programs is be consistent. The ability for us to consistently be above average attracts these really good players that go to programs that underperform, like Keegan Johnson, uh, yeah. where that's a very good recruit that we didn't get out of high school. But now that we come off a Big 12 season and Iowa just put out the stinkiest offensive performance you've ever <laughs> seen, from a, I mean – it, it fucking angered me to watch Iowa play football last year. It was so disgusting and offensive. It's offensive,
2: to, yeah,
0: it, it really <laughs> was. Okay, but that goes back to having your kid being on your staff. It was no different than what Bill did with Sean, and it was like so <laughs> frustrating. It's like Kirk, get rid of Brian; he sucks. Or if I'm the if I'm the booster, I just get rid of both of your asses and tell you to leave. Like I'm never gonna have enough money to have that kind of like power. To, like, say, okay, well, I donated X millions of dollars to the program last year, so you need to do this. Like, that's fine. But eventually, those guys start to speak up. I mean, every time you go to those, like, for example, at K-State, we have cat backer meetings, right? Like, my aunt goes all around, and they, you know, we had guys that were really good at, at recruiting money, but they weren't really good at doing their job as athletic directors, and that's why they <laughs> aren't one anymore. Uh, I'll keep his name uh, to myself, but you guys know John what he Curry.
2: You're not allowed to say that, Caleb. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it was his words, not yours.
0: No, but in, in all actuality, he, he was great at raising money, but he wasn't great at finding head coaches. He wasn't <laughs> great at doing things. Gene, I, don't, I, don't, I won't say that Gene's not great at raising money, but Gene is at every event, everywhere I go, I see him all the time. And, and like, I go to maybe four or five K-State games a year, whether it's basketball or whatever. I'm going to go to the tournament in Baja Mar, Those types of like shaking hands and kissing babies is part of your job, but also finding winning coaches is doing your job. I remember there was a couple of different guys in contention that they were talking about with basketball and, you know, I am lucky enough because I have some family members who donate enough to K-State that Gene tolerates my bullshit. (laughs) So like, I'm like, Gene, hi, remember me? My aunt so-and-so. Like, you know, like I'm not that cool, but like I know cool enough people to where I can get him to talk to me for a few minutes. And when he told me the story about hiring Coach Tang, I'm like, that's why I love you so much. Like, you went into his home, you talked to him, and you realized within, like, 10 minutes he was the perfect fit. You looked at your counterpart and said, all right, what are we doing here? Like, we got to make this guy an offer. We got to get him on a plane to Manhattan.
1: Like, I mean, you,
2: he, he uh, the ability
1: no. that he's had to completely knock it out of the park with both coaching hires, I mean, programs... Pray for that, yeah. and the fact that he did it consecutively—I mean, ridiculous. And Jerome Tang might be one of the greatest basketball hires if he pans out with how I think he is. That K State's ever had.
0: I'm going to say this right now: if he doesn't pan out, I don't care. Last year was nothing short of incredible. We were picked to finish like 50, like 500 on the season. Ken Palm was where I use a lot of my basketball rankings. Had us favored in zero Big 12 games. We lost <laughs> 10 games last year. Like, I don't care what ends up happening. I fell in love with him from, like, the get-go. He is charisma. He is – he's in the student se- – Bill Steiner would have never gone to a K-State basketball game and done the Wabash Cannonball in the student Bill Sni- Snyder yeah, like, like, he he said, you know, like, hey, I don't like the fuck KU chance. And I'm like, what? Like, excuse me? And now I'm like, okay, fine. Fine, coach. I won't. Like, you know I what, the what I mean? Like, exactly I, right. I like totally bought in to him. Like you see him on the purple couch on campus. He's going to frat houses and they're playing pickup basketball. He's gotten people to buy into the culture and in less than a year's time. And that is nothing short of miraculous. So even if something catastrophic were to happen and we had a terrible team for the next five years and we had to let him go, that doesn't discredit what he was able to do in such a short period of time.
2: Yeah. I've had conversations with these guys before, like, to me, K State is a, you know, a university that is super heavily dependent on culture, culture, and making sure the team has good culture, the programs have good culture. Uh, is just, I think, part of the reason that we're able to succeed without getting those four and five stars um, as often as some of these other schools have. Um, you know, even going back, I don't want to rehash this too much, but Bill Snyder, you know, when when he was deciding whether or not he wanted to coach at K State, he went out to uh, the plaza outside the union and he just talked to people nobody knew who he was but he tells this story or told this story like every single year at purple power play and all these other events where he was like it's the people that made me come here and it's the people that made me stay here and so like when i was on the sideline for alumni band this weekend um before pregame tang and and coach Reem and Oric Maliggy, they were all there on the sideline and there are probably very few coaches that I would have been comfortable with like going up to and shaking their hand just because I don't know what type of personality they have, but because I know from everything that Tang has made, um, just available and visible from his personality and how, how great he's been outwardly with all the students and all that sort of stuff. I had no problem going up to him and saying, Hey, my name's Adam trade. I'm here for the, the alumni band weekend. Uh, I really appreciate what you've done for the program already. He shook his hand the whole bit. I didn't have too much time to talk to him, but I just, I was totally comfortable going up to him. Uh Coach Kleiman's the exact same way. Uh, Just really likable guys, perfect fit for the programs.
0: See, and I I really like that because I think that there's a lot of talk. Obviously, we just I brought up the Mel Tucker thing, and people are talking about Lance Leopold, Chris Kleiman. All these guys are on the these guys are gonna get the new head coaching job in Michigan State. I'm like, everybody relax. Like, I'm sorry. You look at what people are starting to build, you can go chase paychecks all you want. I actually had this conversation with my girlfriend, and she was like, so what are you gonna do now that you're not at barstool? And I was like, I don't know, whatever I want. And she's like, Well, don't you wanna go like work it out, cake with clay, or don't you wanna go back to CBS? And I'm like, I'm just kind of hanging out this football season trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. I think ultimately for those guys, whether it was that way for Bill Snyder, whether that's way for Coach Kleiman, I'm even hearing that about Colin Klein. Um sometimes money doesn't doesn't equate to everything, right? And I think that that's something that is part of that K-State culture and understanding like Hey, listen, I'm in a great town surrounded by great people, surrounded by an awesome fan base. East Lansing, maybe, maybe they have deeper pockets. You can get that payday, but it doesn't always equate to happiness and it doesn't always equate to national championships and it doesn't always equate to other things. So I'd actually be surprised to see any one of those guys, you know, leave town rather quickly, if you will, just to cash a big check.
2: Well, we all know, and I mean, this is something that people say about every college that they go to, and uh, of course people would dismiss this opinion, but we all know that K-State is like an extraordinarily special place.
1: That's Uh, what I was going to say, dude, is it, like, you can, like, when other people ask about Manhattan and they think it's a shithole, like, you... It is so hard to describe like the feeling there because everyone is legitimately happy. It is a happy town and you don't find that often. It is a like the service there at every restaurant's fantastic. People are nice. They say like hi to you on this. Like it is a good town and that's when people say like the happiest place on earth. They're not just blowing smoke up asses. It is legitimately a fantastic place to be.
0: I always tell people it was a really great place to grow up. I think at a point in time, I outgrew Manhattan. Um, and that's not at any detriment to the town. I think it was just for myself that I needed to go out and uh, do bigger things and go other places. But I love going back to Manhattan. I mean, I was so excited. I brought Megan back um, from Barstool and we had a, an absolute utter ball tailgating. And, and there she is, you know, she's like, I'm going to bet Mizzou. I'm like, don't do it. You're going to hate yourself. You're going to be in a pit of misery the entire game, you know? And we had literally a rain delay. We're like hiding. There's like a tornado warning. We're like hiding in the stairwell. I'm like sneaking out, grabbing like beers from the, like the, my aunt's like club level, like bringing them back in completely soaking wet. I mean, Manhattan was a, a really great place to grow up. It was an amazing place to go to college. I teased you guys about being in college for so long. I was in college for five years. Because what what did I need to hurry up and graduate for so I couldn't get a job during a recession? I mean, it was just like, all right, fine, I'll pick a minor, and I picked Bill Snyder's uh, leadership study minor.
1: That's awesome. That that Missouri game was an absolute monsoon. I remember going to the parking lot, and that big like road that separates the quarters of the parking lot was it was a legitimate river. They're like it wasn't just water; it was flowing river of water going across the parking lot and i'll never forget this poor little tiny um sorority chick was trying to cross it and it took her ankles out from under her and she went <laughs> right to the ground uh um, that was kind of a represent, representation of how missouri played that day as well um really i do want to bring it full circle here Uh, because we're all going to the game and we're going to do our next episode in the car on the way there. Super excited. Shout out Adam for helping set us up. Um, I'm going to say this now and I might regret it. I really think that we're going to end up boat racing Missouri. I, I like us so much in this game. I like everything that I've seen from Kansas state, except the, offensive line protection at points, which is funny having the returning offensive line. But really once Christian Duff- once Duffy gets back in that position or shit, if we're having trouble, move B- uh Cooper baby over to wherever you want. He's going to stop it. Um, absolute unit of an offensive lineman. He'll be drafted high.
0: Um, oh yeah. Especially because I- he's able to play two positions.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He's <sighs> going to
0: get a nice payday. He
2: is so good, dude. He is so good um another super likable guy i just i gotta say it no they're like
1: yeah it's the entire team is fun and they're kind of all letting their personalities come out now which wasn't really something before and i think that's kind of with nil and everything but i think with nil
0: but also bill didn't let anybody have yeah that's
1: what
2: i was you know what i mean like he didn't let
0: him talk to the media he kept them on no earrings. oh there was there was a lot i mean i was friends with all those guys and uh yeah, I mean, Bill was like the godfather. Like, they, it wasn't – there wasn't a – you 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 fell in line with your specific coach, right? You didn't fall in line with, yeah. uh, with him. And, yeah, I mean, Kleiman's embracing the TikTok era and letting them just be themselves. And I do think the NIL stuff helps. But I also think letting them enjoy their college experience is part of it too. I mean, if you remember, there were some times where – there were some guys that got in big trouble at K-State, like, Ooh, like there were. big trouble, right? And uh, that was because when you keep a dog on a short leash, right? Like when you keep, when you're a possessive girlfriend and you keep your boyfriend like under lock and key, what happens when the dog gets off the leash? What happens when your boyfriend goes out with his friends? They act like a complete and utter idiots And that's exactly what happens with these guys. Like, you know, there was all these rules. And then now that the, the rules are, you are to behave a certain way. You're an adult. You can go act accordingly. And sure, if you want to put something on TikTok, but watch what you put on social media. This And you know what I mean? Like there's an education behind it versus kind of keep everybody under lock and key. And those guys are never going to have any fun. I mean, there was like, I remember Darren Sproles, like he thought he was going to hide in Aggieville, like thought he was going to hide. And mind you, Darren and I were like the same height when I was in heels. He was like hiding underneath like a bucket hat, had like on a hoodie. And I think we were like outside of Rusty's. I was like, Darren, he's like. I Darren. Like, <laughs> come on. Like, we're not like any like, you know, because those guys didn't want to be known. And he didn't ever drink. He never drank. But even just to be in Aggieville during football season, like it was like not allowed.
1: I can't even fathom how easy it would have been to get in trouble with Snyder back then. And shit, how easy it is now. Like, can you imagine having all this money?
0: Are you kidding me? I make stupid decisions every single day. Like at <laughs> night, at 19. If I was given access to everything that I know now and you know not being completely broke in college like, I can't imagine I mean I took out student loans to go to k State football games you guys like my <laughs> friend, I'd be like hey I gonna go to the like this is this is what they used to do so like when people talk about predatory lending I'm like, okay, I was 20 years old and you just had to walk into the student loan office and be like I need money to buy food, and then I would just go buy tickets. <laughs> so, like we'd go drive to Lubbock. Like I remember my aunt. I'd be like, "Hey, can I can I have your suburban for the weekend? We're gonna go drive to Columbia. We're gonna go drive to Lubbock, and we'd skip class on Friday and drive through the night. And I mean, it was uh, it was it was a lot. So I can't imagine being an athlete and having access to all of the things you could ever want. Um, cause that would be a complete and utter monster,
3: which, and also like, like you said too, like, that's why it's so important for climbing to like treat them like adults and let them, you know, like if I can only imagine, like if there was like a drill sergeant, like how bad it would be if you had like a drill sergeant head coach, like sneaking around with that kind of money. And yeah, I mean, like, can you, can you imagine like, what do you think Bill would have done if his starting quarterback scored a touchdown and then, pretended to shotgun a beer as a celebration with it With the oh Star my Center. god
0: i saw that and i was like oh boy k-state like you know because like i i think a lot of people don't realize not not like waco but kinda like we have a pretty religious fan base uh-huh. I mean, we have a lot of people that uh i mean even my aunt's friends like they're like you get really drunk at football games i'm like yeah <laughs> like let me do whatever i want like Oh, there's children around. Okay, then don't bring them. I don't know. It's kind of like, yeah, it's like terrible to say because it's not fair. But uh, I do kind of think like K State fans can be a little stuffy. K State fans sure. can be a little uh, conservative um, uh-huh. in their thought processes in terms of like what should be allowed for college students and what shouldn't. Um, and the shotgunning beer thing, I was like, oh boy. Let's see what they have to say. And and I didn't see anything like really negative, shockingly, but I, I'm surprised my, I'm surprised my aunt didn't text me. I, I should send that to her. <laughs> Did you see that? Did you see that a Did you know what that was? <laughs> maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's what it was. Maybe they didn't know what it was.
1: A weird take on that, uh, that I had is that I am 100% all for that. Obviously not getting too crazy, but for like social media presence is everything nowadays. And when you have all these accounts talking about that, like you saw the impact that Jerome Tang had with one little baby song. And then you're like, I mean, it is crazy what you can do and the far reaching effects for it. I mean, I guarantee and what it
0: does for recruiting, right?
1: Dude, who is it? David Castillo. He even said in the, in the interview, he's like, um, you know, I saw them on videos and stuff, having fun. Drone Tang texted me after the win from Michigan state. He said, I know you want to be a dude. And I said, you know what? I think I do. And we got a five-star recruit. I'm still like psyched up about it. Yeah, it's I'm still, like, like, That was what he said earlier about recruiting. Recruiting is changing. We are getting better. And for the first time I can like see a four-star and be like, we have a chance. And it's You're not nice. lying.
0: You're right. There was a period of time where it's like we didn't even try. But also I, I don't think that they fit the culture, you guys. They do like, think about this. If you're a bunch of if you're in a room of two and three star guys and you played at Garden City Community College or Dodge City or Independence for two years because you didn't have the high school grades or you got in trouble and Bill Snyder sent your ass to western Kansas for a year or two to get your grades up so you could get into k-state and just prove that you wanted to be there and then all of a sudden some five-star recruit comes in and just just like acts like they're better than you i mean we had a couple of those guys and i don't want to call them out by name but they were there when i was there and they didn't fit the culture they thought they were better than everybody else i mean i remember one of them our kicker he missed a he missed a kick we we ended up winning the game but i was good friends with uh, one of the kickers when i went to school there and this like nineteen year old quarterback comes in, and he had came in kind of like how Avery came in, and uh, he came in uh, late in a game, and he was like, "Oh, something." He's like, "What are you, the kicker's girl?" Like the kicker's name, because I had the jersey on, and I was like, "No." And he like <laughs> I knew exactly who he was, and he looked at me, and I was like, "He's like, yeah, that kick earlier." And I go, "Bro, you were three of nine and threw an interception. Like, please spare me." <laughs> and the kid's look on his face was like, "How a." Uh, this woman knows this woman, this girl knows this, like how, and B, she knew like, but he had such such an arrogant presence and he didn't do shit at K-State. Not a thing. He was not impressive whatsoever. I think he won one big game over Texas. And that was because said kicker made a 56 yard field goal.
2: And that's that's what I think is nice, again, about the culture and the social media aspect is, is K-State has this reach on social media with the little baby song, with the, the various little clips and things that go viral from the games. But they're also so outward about the culture and the environment at K-State that I think we're able to find, hopefully we'll see how this pans out in the next few years, these high star recruits who... You know, the ones that end up coming to K-State, hopefully they see that culture on the social media. They see the fan base. They, um, you know, will be able to somewhat hopefully pick out those high star recruits that will fit that culture Um, when K-State traditionally didn't have that reach, didn't have the ability to um, be a program that people want to play for because it's just not, that info is not out there and that the culture is not out there either. Um, You know, even recently we've had players that, had some success here and they ended up not being a cultural fit and they transferred I'm not going to say names either. Nigel Pack. Um, <laughs> Caleb's, Caleb's the one just, uh, Caleb, okay, I will... but
0: you know what? I loved watching Nigel last year and I had uh Miami and uh, a big college basketball pool. So I would not ever complain about his performance, but I was happy to see him go and play somewhere where he felt like he fit in just because you, you go to a school <laughs> That's why I'm okay with the transfer portal. Just because you go to a school for a couple of years and it doesn't work out doesn't mean you aren't a better fit somewhere else. I mean, coaches do it all the time. And that's where I kind of got to the point where I was like, these guys should be allowed to leave.
3: Yeah. He went, he went. Does it to, suck
0: when they leave your school? Yeah, of course it does.
3: He went to but a it, he went to a school where 800000 dollars fit in his pocket.
0: <laughs> okay. And if you <laughs> okay, first of all, I am not 21 years old. But even now, if somebody gave me eight hundred thousand dollars, I would probably say, "All right, all right, fine, I'll move to New York City." Like I would never want to live in New York City, <laughs> but if I, if you gave me, if you gave me enough money, I can make it work for a little bit.
3: No, in all seriousness, like I, t- I totally get why he did what he did, but he was just like, like I don't know if you remember, but like a week before he transferred, like he narrated like a video that K State put out on like socials of like. It's like a new era, or you know, whatever. Like a new era of basketball is is coming to K State, and all this, and then like the next week, he's he's transferring, and I I don't know because
2: well, he was Bruce's boy. That's I mean, what, what that's is.
3: really what rubs me the wrong way. Because Kelly, I don't know if you know this, but I you'd be hard pressed to find someone that hates Bruce Weber more than I do, and the fact that he said. I, I came here to play for Coach Weber, and that's why I'm leaving. First of all, if that's true, okay, do you want to keep losing to Fort Hayes State? But second of all, just say I'm leaving for money. Like, I yeah, it, it rubbed me the wrong way.
0: Uh, listen, these kids, they, they we all have to tiptoe around this politically correct bullshit world, right? Yeah, That was probably the easiest thing for him to say. I mean, it, sometimes you just have to just say the the most basic answer, and that for him was easy. I mean, I remember when Jacob Pullen fought back and was like, "I wasn't good enough to play for Bruce Weber in Illinois. That He's not good enough to come coach at K State." So anyway,
1: awesome.
0: Yep, and that and so those things kind of come full circle, you know. And uh, listen, it was Bruce a really nice guy. Sure, Is he? Did I want him to ever be our head football or our head basketball coach? No.
3: He just he I don't even th- he's such a weasel like I don't I don't want to I don't want to okay. get I don't want to get into okay. the weeds I don't want to get into it? the weeds too much but like he hey. has like this persona of like he's a nice guy but like no no one no one that throws 19 and 20 year old kids under the bus and can't take the heat for anything is a nice guy to Well
0: they all do that like like we have we have we have coaches do that every single press conference
3: like, Chris, Gabby, Chris Kleiman,
0: did it the other day
3: Chris Kleiman doesn't do that
0: of course he doesn't. But that again fits the culture. I remember my buddy who's an Illinois grad and he's like in his fifties, texted me when we got Bruce and I'm like he's like, Oh cool, you got my old head my old old head coach. I was like oh, yay, great. Um, He was like, oh, he's got a lot of integrity in in this and this. And I go, cool. So we're up against the guy in the state that has the least amount of integrity (laughs) of any basketball coach. And Mm -hmm. we got the most. I didn't know integrity won college basketball. You are cooking.
1: Everyone thinks that it's so important with all of the, like, dude, no one's playing by the rules. Why are we?
0: Okay. I have to tell the story only because I have to tell the story only because I've never told the story and I was always afraid to tell the story, but I'm going to tell the story and Please. I, I'm not going to name names. Please. This is a small
1: podcast. Out. I want to hear it.
0: Yeah. Nobody's ever going to listen to this, right? Exactly. Exactly. Like 500 <laughs> downloads lifetime Till I retweet this and then somebody clips something and then I get canceled again. It's
1: okay. <laughs> like an hour and a half in. You're good. Okay,
0: so I get a lot of flack because as I said, I graduated college during the recession. All of my friends were moving home. Nobody had jobs and i remember being like i'm gonna move to vegas me and my girlfriend Lindsay were like we're gonna move to vegas and i'm like oh my god my dad's gonna kill me like i just graduated college it took me five years he's going to murder me and i call him and i'm like hey dad i'm moving to vegas he's like what i go do you know what these girls that like wear cocktail dresses and serve thousand dollar bottles of champagne make like this is stupid money i'm gonna move to vegas he's like all right kid have a great time uh 15 years later the rest is history I had a great time living in Vegas. Um, It just got the best of me in my life. And I realized I was aging rather quickly. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to go somewhere where there's humidity so that my face can glow and not look like a lizard. (laughs) Um, All jokes aside, (laughs) I had a great time, but I got to meet some really cool people. And uh, one night I had a table. I had some media guys that I knew. I was already writing for like the Las Vegas Review Journal and stuff at the time. And there's this guy. And I did not know who he was. But I knew that there was other coaches at the table, and I'm kind of like rousing them a little bit, and uh, I'm like, "Hey, you know, do you think, like, how what percentage of coaches do you think cheat? Right? Like, how many guys? Like, cause like, so just so you guys know, I always heard when I lived in Vegas, all these like Jerry Tarkanian stories, right? Like, Tark was awesome, right? Like, as a head basketball coach, the guy was like an insane person, right? He was, like, chewing on a towel on the sidelines. If you guys haven't seen old Tark, like, it's wild. So. I was dating a guy at the time that was in the athletic department at UNLV and we go to this thing and I find out like Tark used to do car washes, right? Like they would have the players wash these Rolls Royces and these Mercedes and like magically they would have envelopes, right? Like for washing cars. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was like really well known that they were absolutely cheating. So anyway, I'm bringing it up to this guy. I'm like, what percentage of coaches cheat? And he goes, you know, the old golf saying, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. I'm like, huh. Ah. so like, like, do you cheat? And he's like, honey, we all cheat. And I was like, <laughs> all right. And I, I kind of just like kept that in the back of my mind. And I whispered to my buddy and I go, who is this guy? And he tells me who he was. And I started laughing. He goes, oh boy, what did he say to you? And he goes, I go, he said that all, all coaches cheat. And I go, he goes, you are not allowed to repeat that. And I was like, where does he coach? And he goes, Kelly? And I go, where does he coach? And he goes, and it wasn't Bill Self, obviously, but he goes, University of Kansas. And I go, yeah. I go, I could just ruin them forever. I had, like, all of this power. And I was like, do I want to ruin KU basketball forever? This is, mind you, the same time that we got ruined um, for the uh, Dillons, uh, Jamar Samuels, whatever it was. Yep. Yeah. And the, uh, what was it? The lead eight or sweet 16, whichever it was yeah. with Frank Martin. We had that whole <laughs> scandal happened to us. John Curry master, like,
3: yeah, John Curry yeah, masterclass.
1: John- did you see who he found out who it was? Who, who turned the receipt into John Curry? No, I didn't know. Bob Strawn
2: him. waited for Jamar Samuels at Dylan's or saw Jordan? him there and went Bob yeah. Strawn, former mayor of case of Manhattan.
0: Well then let me find out about him. Cause I mean, I, all my family still lives there. Uh, I did not know that. That's absolutely and utterly disgusting. But again, like I was saying, like this guy basically told me that every coach cheats and, of course, they cheat as well. The funniest thing was, as I come back to the table, I think I brought him like another bottle of vodka. And like Jason's like, oh, coach so-and-so, you met Kelly. Like She's the gambling girl I told you about. She writes for the Las Vegas Review-Journal. The guy looked at me right in the eyes and just walked out of the nightclub. Like, did, not, <laughs> did not say goodbye to anybody. He was like, deer in the headlights, like, I am so fucked.
1: Oh my God. Just, that,
3: that kind of stuff. But, yeah, but
0: we all know that. Yes. We all, I guess this was like 2013, 2014. Yeah, but back back yeah, yeah. then, we then all they all were... knew it. It didn't matter.
3: But that's because That's just... why
0: NIL is changing things. That's why the transfer portal is changing things. I thought teams like K State were going to get completely screwed over. It's gonna be the best thing for smaller schools. This is so good for us.
3: Well, yeah, cause stuff because like that. Stuff now like that we helps get
0: to cheat legally. Like
3: Trawn Ward. Like he like he yes. went he went and did the Florida State thing and that's great. But now he gets an opportunity to drive a nice car and play behind a good offensive line and focus on football. Like the the guys that the guys that have been in it and understand it for a couple of years and are eighteen years old and want all the nice, shiny things and just wanna go play good football like the second time around, that's where we can really Make, make our bacon. This is bacon. what's going to
0: happen. These kids are going to go to the University of Texas. These kids are going to go to Oklahoma. They're going to go to Alabama. They're going to go to Georgia. They're going to go to Clemson. And they're going to realize that they're going to have to sit on the bench for the next three years. Or they can come to a Kansas State and play next year. Yep. And that's going to be the difference maker. Now we have completely changed the game. These guys have been cheating for all eternity was my moral of that story. Do I think that every single basketball coach is some beacon of morality or football coach? No, of course not. Right. Like I was laughing about some of the stuff with Bill Snyder. You guys don't remember this, but Frank Murphy was this highly touted kid coming into Manhattan and he was driving a busted ass BMW. Like I'm talking like a 1985 BMW. And he didn't get a play that year because it was a gift against NCAA rules. Like it wasn't a nice car. It was a piece of shit. And he had to sit on the bench. That kind of all because he didn't have a car and someone gave him a car.
2: We have said things in group chats. We've not. I don't know if we've ever tweeted this out, but we have all agreed. Why didn't K State cheat harder
3: back then? This this superiority complex that some of these people have. That oh well, we did it the right way with Bruce Bill Self is a cheater. Like I would cheat my ass off. For a basketball national, for a national
0: championship. For national championship? Yes. All day. And
3: Bruce Weber wants to sit up here with his goofy ass long hair and say, I'm not
0: gonna cut my hair until the
3: cheaters oh, are get it the right
1: way. Like
3: we don't care about the right way. We want to win.
0: Stop. Yeah, because it'd be <laughs> and when he it's
1: sat up there after it and was like,
0: it's the negativity around this pro <laughs> like, shut up. You guys are funny. I just stopped watching. I didn't go home for a State basketball game for like five years. That right there is how you really – if you don't – if you're not a big booster, you're not a big donor, and you're listening to this, and you're a fan of another team, boycott it. You know, I, yeah. I know uh, Vern is quite the little KU troll. I worked with him at Bleacher Report, so, like, I like to give him a lot of grief. But you know what? He started buying KU, uh, you know, football tickets, and was like, all right, I'm going to get." even though he lives in California, he's like, I can't go to these games but I'm going to give them out to people because I want people to go to the game. So I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. And you can do the opposite effect. If you have a program where you're not happy with the way things are going, stop going. If you want to change the culture, put pony up some money. I mean, that's just really how it's got to be. Uh, we'll see. But I don't know, man. KU you thought they had a sellout the other night, by the way, and it was not.
2: Really, <laughs> yeah. really,
1: quick, really quick before we we wrap up, I, you told a really a really crazy uh, story from back in the day about NIL. And I, I just want to tell one really quick from when I bartended. Uh, I i don't know how much of it I can actually share, but uh, of like anything if we was with the kids, but he told me about the times it was Oklahoma and they had school buses that would bring the kids to the games and stuff. And on the way back from the games, they would walk down the aisle and they'd give every kid a sack lunch for the ride home. You're going to be hungry on the ride home. And they said in these damn bags were, was a sandwich, was an apple, was some chips, and then $15,000 in cash in these bags. Jesus Christ. Incorporating everything we've talked about to this point, I am so ready for us to start cheating. I am (laughs) so ready for us. (laughs) We don't need to cheat now. It's not cheating anymore. It's legal cheating. cheating. The NCAA is going to come down on it in about a year or two. You don't think so?
0: No, I I think the president... So the legal precedent's been set. This is the thing you guys have to remember. Once things start to be allowed, if there's not actual laws and regulations in place, I think the NCAA is freaking the fuck out. But I think that it's too late. I mean, there's already like a legal ground, right? I mean, the players won. So now there's millions of other student athletes since the NCAA's, you know, inception going, all right, well, we never made anything. We never had anything. We never got to make any money off of this. I don't think it ever goes back.
1: I think that the NCAA is purposely making it the wild west so they can come in with regulations in a few years.
0: Yeah, I maybe. I don't think maybe because when the Alabamas and the Clemsons and the the blue uh, the cry because they lose so many recruits and they you know but like I'm sorry, Wig. When your pockets are as deep as the University of Texas, you should be able to buy a national championship at this point. We'll see if they're going to be able to, but they haven't been able to for a long time, and that's why that fan base is pissed.
3: What do you think? Of, what do you think of Saturday of Texas Alabama? I didn't watch. Uh. I didn't
0: watch. I had a lot of. I had money on you guys i had to grind out rice houston Uh. rice was up 28 nothing and i had to sweat that game so i was sweating that i was getting angry at texas tech um i i shouldn't say i didn't watch any of the texas alabama game but like i was flipping back and forth i had texas plus seven and a half in my um a couple of pools because like i like to play like the stale numbers knowing people were going to lay the bad numbers um so like i had six and a half with Detroit on Thursday night. I didn't really care about the game, but I was like, well, I got to play the bad number. But when I saw that Texas was pretty much rolling, I didn't really care to watch. So, no, I didn't. I'm terrible.
3: I was so depressed watching it because I was like – it's like watching like – we had – all of us said like preseason that like there's no reason like this team can't repeat. And then I watched what Texas did up front on both sides of the ball to Alabama and I was like – That team is winning the Big 12. We are screwed.
0: Probably. Probably, but you know what? This is the thing, and Texas does it to themselves every single year. Their egos get big. There becomes issues in the locker room amongst those egos. You'll be surprised. I mean, I made K-State a a nine-and-a-half-point underdog to start the year in Austin. That's the only game I'm going to. If Texas keeps it up, we're going to definitely be a double-digit underdog. And that's just not a role that Texas has ever fared well in. They just don't. They're going to fall flat on their face. They do it. They get smacked in the mouth, and they don't know how to react. I would not that be surprised. Was, to see well, you know elderly. from
1: your time at K-State, like, I, I forget who told me, but they used to say that when you play Texas, they wouldn't know what to do when you hit them in the mouth. Yeah. Like, these guys, these kids didn't know what to do when they faced adversity.
0: Because yeah, and they that's exactly so what good. it is. So if K-State can go in there and, uh, you know, score first, like last time I went to Austin, it was an absolute – debacle it was gross I was so angry leaving that stadium because it was we had that game won on um, many levels it was poor play calling um Scotty Hazelton was still our defensive coordinator and I was just like see you later enjoy Michigan state buddy
3: that was the you're there for the 2021 game yeah the the Courtney messingham game
0: oh you're right I was wrong it was the Courtney messingham game.
3: Yeah, yeah. So that my uh, my
1: grandpa golfs with them in Manhattan, and he uh, he likes to tell the joke that he would still have a job if he didn't run a QB or a, if he ran a QB sneak on fourth and one. I was like, dude, you're forgetting the other play where you ran our backup quarterback on a fucking option to the oh, right God. side
3: in their red zone. I mean, the play calling that game was that yeah. game. That game. Was... I was there with
0: all Texas fans, so I was really miserable.
3: Yeah, that game was the <laughs> that game is the only game that. Whether it's like in person or um, on TV, it's the only game in the Chris Kleiman era that I haven't watched front to back. I was so pissed off at Courtney Messingham that I <laughs> left the bar in the fourth quarter. I couldn't do it anymore.
1: Speaking of bad coaches, uh, this weekend, K State going up against Missouri. Uh, Missouri, Eli Dorkwitz. Last go, everyone here. Final score predictions. I got us winning by about fourteen. So I'm going to be really vanilla and take uh uh 31 to 17 but Adam you're up.
2: Oh god, you took my score. It's such like a like a middle of the road. I I'm <laughs> hmm. I'll say Gosh, Caleb, you go. I need a second on this one.
3: Uh, I think I think Big Dick Will's gonna let his nuts hang. I think we'll win. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say we'll score uh, 42.
0: Oh, Caleb, you can't take my score. Uh,
3: okay. Uh, well, how about this? Oh, no, it's
0: fine. 41. Go ahead. Go ahead. What was, what was Missouri gonna score? Uh, no. So
3: what so I was gonna say is the final score at the end of the game is going to be. Uh, 42 to uh, let's see, 42 to 20, but it's actually going to be 42 to 14. And Drinkwitz is going to call a timeout to punch in a <laughs> punch in a touchdown at the end of the game <laughs> to make it a 42 20 final score. It's
0: going to be a 42 24 game because we're an over school now, we were historically an under bet school, and now apparently we just hit all these overs. And uh, Vegas hasn't adjusted yet, so I'm with Caleb, but I think Mizzou scores a little bit more, uh, so 42 24.
1: Folks, really cool uh, setup going up next week. Me, Adam, and Caleb, and a few of the boys alongside us are going to be riding up to Columbia. We'll record the podcast on the way there. We'll do uh, another part of the podcast on the way back. We're really excited about it. Uh, we hope you tune in. But for this episode, Kelly, it was an absolute pleasure. Thanks for coming on.
0: Yeah, it was great. Uh, reliving all the horrible memories from my childhood with you
1: guys. <laughs> <laughs> well guys uh thank you for listening if you made it this far I really appreciate you and you guys listening it means a lot to me and uh, and the boys um, well I think I'll end it with a go cats let's whoop Missouri's ass go cats
2: go cats muck the zoo go
1: cats.